Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church as we continue on in a series that we're doing on the ministry of encouragement. And um, this whole process will hopefully end up in all of us being involved in, in doing the ministry of encouragement. Um, that, that my hope is, as we do it, that it has and takes on that sort of impact, that this would be something that the whole church would grab onto and that everybody would get involved and say, that sounds right, that's what we need to be doing. And so we've taken quite a bit of time, and we have a few more weeks, of, of setting a foundation for this ministry, of looking at its, its biblical um, standing and, and that it's something that the Lord has called the church to. Um, that we live in a very sort of grumpy, negative world, and um, encouragement is what they need at this point in time, and that, that this is uh, something that the church needs to be doing. We were always supposed to be doing it, and yet we've we sort of stepped away from it, and we've, we've taken on some other things that, that uh, um, perhaps have gotten us off track and moved us away from being known as encouragers. I think in... In a lot of quarters in our culture, the church is known as anything but encouraging. And yet, that should be how we're known, as a group of people that love well and encourage. And, and so we have to embrace this, all, this ministry all over again. And so we've been trying to set the foundation to do that. And um, up and through this point, there's some things that I've asked you to do, and, and then some things that I'm, I'm hoping that you'll remember. Um, uh, one of the things that I've been insisting on, or, or encouraging, insisting is not the right word, I guess, because I can't make you do it. Um, one of the things I've been really asking you to consider taking into your life is starting every day by being thankful for five things, and that, that you make it a habit. And I, I, I'm going to keep asking you to do that. And if you're coming back week after week and you think, mm, I didn't do that this week, one of these weeks, my hope is it'll just kick in. And that you will get yourself in the habit of being thankful for five things every day. Put a note on the bathroom mirror, put it on the steering wheel of the car, the rearview mirror of the car, on the coffee pot, I don't care. Have you been thankful for five things? And every day. Because that sort of starts it out right. If we don't start there, we, we take on the negative attitude of the world and, and, and it just spirals bad from there. Because you will encounter things throughout the day that will try and discourage you. All you got to do is step out into a fallen, broken world and... You, the discouragement just starts to come on you. And so we, we have to start with being thankful for, for five things at least, five good things that are happening. Because they're always there. They just sort of get overshadowed by the, the, the other stuff. And so we've got to switch that around. I've also asked you to um, every day encourage two people, at least two people. And that when you encourage two people, three people are encouraged because God will encourage you. And that's sort of the foundation for this whole process. And, and so look for those opportunities, um, uh, pray for those opportunities, and then uh, take advantage of those opportunities when they, when they arise. And, and, you know, I told you last week, start at home. You know, you, everybody should be starting there. And, and start with your friends. Start in those situations. Just start being an encourager. Um, I'm going to have to take sips of water as I do this. I woke up Tuesday with this horrible sore throat. My throat was like closed. And uh, that's not good when you talk. You know, that's what I do. And, um, and so, I, you know, I prayed and then I, I went and saw the doctor and he uh, 
put me on an antibiotic, but he gave me this other pill that dries me out, and it really dries me out. And so I talk that much, and I'm really thirsty now. So if you see me grab this and the other three that I have down here, <laughs> you'll know why. Okay. Um, I also asked you to memorize some scripture. And um, I asked you to memorize six verses. We did them a week at a time. And we're, we're through that now, but maybe you haven't had a chance to memorize it or you didn't do it, and you can still do it. <clears throat> we still have enough time for you to learn these verses. And these are sort of, to me, the foundational verses of this ministry, and that they're important for us to have in our heart uh, and in our minds so the Holy Spirit can quicken them to us uh, in the midst of a discouraging world so that we stay on track, on track because we, once we get discouraged, it's very hard to encourage others. And these verses are Hebrews 10, 19 through 25, which say, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water and let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds and let us not give up meeting together as some of are in the habit of doing but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching those, those verses, uh, my prayer is that you would allow them to just settle on you, to, to work in you, to, to meditate on them, to think about them, because from them come the, the ability to go and to embrace this ministry. Um, after we, we started our foundation, I, I introduced to you in a, a series of five weeks what I called the Encourager's Truth. And, and in that series of messages, we talked about uh, an acronym for truth, because uh, truth sets people free, which is, which is thinking, recognizing, understanding, talking, and helping. And that these things involve the mind, the eyes, the ears, the mouth, and the hands. And we went through how our perspective needs to be changed. That I talked about a right thinking. And that right thinking is impacted by the Word of God. And, and, and then recognizing, seeing the way that God sees things. Asking Him to help us move past our spiritual blindness that, that sort of accompanies this negative culture and, and the, uh, the way it sort of moves people to be very closed and selfish. To help us to hear uh, the things that we're not hearing. To, to then use our words, which are so powerful, to build up and to encourage and not to tear down or control or manipulate or gossip. And then to ultimately figure out how we can help people to step into the process, to, to use uh, our, our, our hands, to serve, and, and whatever ways that we can, and sort of putting all these things together to move into and encourage. Well, having done all of that now, I want to spend the, the last few weeks of this series uh, talking about a few different examples uh, from the Scripture of people who were really good at the ministry of encouragement. And uh, I want to start today by talking about a man named Barnabas. And um, 
Barnabas, actually his name means son of encouragement. Now, and the apostles named him that. Barnabas wasn't his name. Acts 4.36 says that Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. See, he was known, and he was known throughout his ministry as Barnabas because he was really good at encouraging. And the apostles gave him the name. You know, they had this thing, a lot of them had sort of names that kind of weren't their original names, and they, they were more an expression of their character. And so Barnabas was known as uh, sort of the guy who was encouraging. He encouraged people. And he has a significant impact on the lives of people in the early church, and his ministry was this ministry of encouragement. He's a model of the ministry of encouragement. Acts 11.24 says he was a good man, again talking about Barnabas, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Because of the ministry of encouragement embraced by Barnabas, a lot of people came to know Jesus. And that, that this is a very significant and important thing to know, that this ministry that we're embracing will, will ultimately uh, help people to come to know the Lord. And, and so by looking at the stories of Barnabas, just briefly tonight, um, there's some practical applications that we can take and embrace uh, to help us with the ministry of encouragement. And so I think there's three things that I want to talk about in that light. So uh, we'll, we'll hop in there now. The first thing that, that we learn from Barnabas is that to um, be a minister of encouragement, we're going to have to walk the talk. And let me, let me try and explain that. Um, it's not going to be enough to just try and talk about what it means to be a Christian. We're going to have to live it. And, and so we're going to have to match up what we speak with our lives to the best of our ability. And, and Barnabas does this in Acts 4, 34 through 37. It says, there were no needy persons among them. Uh, for from time to time, <clears throat> those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone as he had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. And so, as the early church was brand new and getting started, uh, people were often led by the Lord to sell something that they had and, and uh, to bring that money and to give it to the apostles to use to help get the church uh, uh, all that it needed and the, the people there to be taken care of and all those things that were happening. And so um, Barnabas does this with a field that he owns, and this is a part of the story of Barnabas. Now, following this, in the very next chapter of the book of Acts, there's another couple that, uh, that sell something, and, and the result is different. And, and this other couple is uh, Ananias and Sapphira. And in Acts 5, 1 through 2, it says, Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Now, if you know this story, um, what happens here is that um, Ananias and Sapphira get struck down here. <laughs> they, it's not a good situation. And people often wonder why, what happened, what's the problem? They brought some of the money, wasn't that good enough? It would have been fine. My, my opinion on this thing is that if they'd have said, we sold the field and we're bringing you half the money or 10% of the money and, and given it, then that would have been an absolutely, totally okay the thing to do. 
But what they did was sold the field, held the money back, and acted like they were bringing the whole deal. See, they, they, were, they liked what they saw everybody else was doing, but they, they weren't quite committed at that level. And so they sort of wanted, I'm sure, whatever, whatever sense of recognition they thought these people were getting were coming to get from that, but they, they weren't totally committed to it. And so they lied, is, is the issue. And, and they pretended to be something that they weren't, rather than just being honest. So, so the issue isn't that they didn't get it, give it all. The issue is that they weren't honest about it. They, they weren't really into it, they, they, and yet they were acting like they were. So the problem is, whenever we pretend... We, we sort of get out of step with what's supposed to be happening. And, and so we, we never want to pretend to be something that, uh, or do something that we're really not doing. And so to be ministers of encouragement, we have to decide that we want to do more than just talk this thing out, that we actually want to walk the talk. We want to do what we're supposed to do to the best of our ability. And if you've been here for any long time, you heard me say this. We need to live by doing the next right thing. I've been talking about that for a long time, and it's a, it fits really well with the ministry of encouragement. See, we're going to have to live doing the next right thing. And by that I mean we, we as we face decisions, we need to do our best to do the next right thing. And that throughout you know, life, we're going to sometimes not do the next right thing. And then what we need to do is we need to go back to God, ask Him to forgive us, and get a clean start and start all over again. But that's the process. That's, that, to me, is walking the talk. It's a, it's a willingness to admit when we've messed up and go and get it right and start over again and keep moving in the direction that we're supposed to move. But, but this is going to be a... a a cornerstone of the ministry. We're going to have to be serious about it. We're going to have to embrace it and believe it and then do it. We, we're not going to pretend and, and make a difference. And so, so at whatever level we're pretending this thing, we lose our impact um, that we can have with the ministry of encouragement. So Barnabas, he really, he really walked the talk. And because of that, he has a significant impact on the kingdom of God. In life, So that's something we need to take on. Now, the second thing that we need to do is we need to focus on people's potential. Now, we sort of talked about this when we were asking God to help us see differently. But, but I want to continue on because this is really important. Because often what we do is we focus on people's problems, not on their potential. And Barnabas demonstrates that encouragement, the ministry of encouragement, allows you to see people's potential instead of just their problems. And, and th- this happens um, actually with Barnabas and the Apostle Paul. Now, when the Apostle Paul was first converted, the early church was afraid of him because the first time that we meet Paul, he's not a believer. He's actually named Saul at the time, and he's persecuting the church. And, and he's rounding up Christians, and they're being killed. And then uh, Paul has this encounter with the Lord, and he's radically converted uh, and becomes a follower of the Lord. But the early church is afraid of him, as you can imagine. Here's the guy who was hunting them down, and now all of a sudden he wants to sort of come and hang around with them. And, and you can imagine they're, they're leery of him. They were afraid of him. And what happens is Barnabas sees the potential in Paul rather than the problems 
And he, he comes along and he stands alongside Paul and he sort of covers him. He speaks up for him in front of the rest of the early church. Acts 9, 27 and 28. Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul, so Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. So that Saul that they're talking about there is the Apostle Paul. He has a name change too uh, at some point in the book of Acts. And so um, here he is after this huge encounter with the Lord, and yet the church is, is hesitant to embrace him because they're afraid of him. And so Barnabas comes alongside and says, no, he's okay. I, I, he's good. You need to let him come and be a part. And because of their um, understanding of Barnabas, and they said, okay, fine, he's, he's in. And so Paul was able to begin his ministry there. Now, Barnabas has a gift for this, and, and he does this again with another guy in the Bible named John Mark uh, in Acts 15, 35 through 41. Uh, sometime later, Paul uh, said to Barnabas, let's go back and visit the brothers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they're doing. And Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with him. But Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and left, commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. He went through Syria and Sicilia, strengthening the churches. Now, here's what happens. And it's pretty interesting, I think. Barnabas, because of who he is, sees John Mark and wants to take him on this journey with the Apostle Paul and himself on this, this missionary journey. But on a previous journey, John Mark left in the middle of what was happening. And so Paul said, no, he's not coming with us. And Barnabas is like standing and he's coming alongside, just like he did with Paul. No, it's going to be okay. He's going to, he needs to come with us and be a part of this thing. And, and they have a disagreement over it, and they decide to just split up and go in separate directions. And so uh, I, I think it's interesting to note that, that Paul, who had needed someone to come alongside and vouch for him, um, and Barnabas had been the one, when he sees it happening again, he still he can't quite get it. He, he's not at the same place where Barnabas is in this process. And yet you, you'll be happy to know that Later on in Paul's ministry, they've mended this thing, all of them, and, and Paul actually asked for John Mark to come to be a part of his ministry once again. So it does get worked out and resolved in the process. And so we need to see people the way that God does and look past their problems and recognize their potential. Uh, by the way, just in case you didn't catch the reference there, John Mark ultimately goes on and writes the second of the four Gospels book of Mark. Same guy. So obviously Barnabas saw some pretty good potential there and uh, moved into the process. But you need to see. See, Barnabas could see people's potential, not just their problems. And we need to ask God to help us see that in people as well. I know, you know, I love the fact that the Bible records the stories of so many folks who who, when you read about them in the New Testament, they have positions of honor. But when you read about their lives in the Old Testament, you find out they really make a lot of mistakes and messes 
and do some really amazingly bad stuff. And yet somehow the Spirit of God always seems to see people's potential and sees us that way. And so that's how God sees us in Christ. And we need to ask Him to help us see that in people as well. Third thing, and we've talked about this for the last couple of weeks, but it needs to come up again. Let us consider how we can spur one another on. Um, By that I mean we really have to ask God to help us to think about, to consider how we can encourage other people. In Acts 11, 23 through 26, it says this, When he arrived and saw the evidence of the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. Now what's happening here is that the apostles, uh, this is before that last point that we made uh, with the ministry, with, uh, with the breakup of Paul. Um, the, the, there's a church in Antioch that's going well, but it needs someone to go and sort of oversee it. And so the apostles send Barnabas. Look, go and take care of the church in Antioch for us. And so he goes, and that's what's happening here. When he arrived, saw the evidence of the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them. That's interesting, but that's what he did. All to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. So how do we encourage people? And and this is what we need to think about. Um, This is in the beginning of Paul's ministry, but Barnabas is already established as the son of encouragement, and his ministry is recognized by the apostle. They send him to oversee what's happening in Antioch. And things are going really well there, and people are being brought to the Lord. It's a very powerful ministry. Um, It would have been fairly easy, I think, for Barnabas just to kind of kick back and let the good times roll. Uh, had a had a powerful ministry, people were being impacted, things were going well, he could have just stayed and done that. But because of who he is, he says, I need to go, see, he considers how to spur people on. I'm going to go and get Paul. I'm going to bring him back here and he can minister here and this will be another stepping stone for the things that he needs to do. And so he, he leaves that comfortable thing that's going on and he goes and gets Paul and he brings him back. And then they minister together at the church in Antioch for over a year. Uh, Another thing to note is that from this point forward, except for one occasion, previously they'd always been referred to as Barnabas and Paul. From that point forward, they'll be referred to as Paul and Barnabas. Something changes. And the, the calling of Paul as an apostle rises up. And, and Barnabas is willing to let that happen. See, he, he's not so self-focused that he can't see what God wants to do in the lives of other people. And he's willing to let Paul take that position because it's the position that God has for him. And, and so um, he's other-focused, not self-focused. And, and to be effective in the ministry of encouragement, we're going to have to get the focus off of us and onto the Lord and others. Um, and we really have to take time and consider how God might use us to impact the lives of other people. And, and I've said this, and I, I have to keep saying it, I don't think we take much time to do that. 
I think it's, a, it's, a, it's an overhaul of our thinking that has to take place because we spend most of our time thinking about our own lives. And yet we're, we're told to consider how we can help other people along, to consider, to stop and think, to actually think about it. What can I do to help other people? What can I do to encourage people in their walk with the Lord? What can I do to help people to, to make a difference? What can I do, God, to encourage the people around me, to, to encourage my family and my friends? God, what can I do to encourage the people I work with? God, give me opportunities to encourage people who I meet and, and give me eyes to see needs that I can step into. See, see, that's what this thing is going to look like. And there's tremendous impact that can happen from the ministry of encouragement, as Barnabas clearly demonstrates. So what we need to do uh, is, is this. We've got to keep living, doing the next right thing. That's how it's got to happen. We always need to be looking for the good in people. Always. And it's, again, it's a change of thinking because most of us are looking for the problems, not the potential. And then we really have to consider how to encourage others. We've got we to gotta start thinking about it. We've got to make it a part of our lives that we start thinking about how we can encourage folks because all of this is part of the ministry of encouragement. And it's, it's so neatly demonstrated by Barnabas. And, and that's why they called him the son of encouragement. He had it. He, he had this thing figured out. And, and he's a model for us to become the sons and daughters of encouragement as well. And so, I, you know, I would ask you to consider those things over the next week and really work on this week. If you haven't done it yet, really start. Okay, uh, he's making me crazy telling me this every time I go. Start really being thankful for five things. If you haven't done it, start. Make it. Just say, okay, right now it's happening. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post this card on my thing. I'm gonna, it's going to happen this week. All right, make it happen. Um, and, and then ask God to help you to see who you can encourage and encourage two people a day and, and get going from there. All right, and so live doing the next right thing. Do the best you can. If you mess up, ask God to forgive you. Start over. Look for the good in people. And then, and then you know, think about it. Ask God to help you see how to encourage at least two people a day. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, uh, that's it for the night. If you're watching my video, thanks for watching. If you're up in Williston, hi, guys. God bless you. Uh, if you have any questions or anything, need anything, you can call us or email us or write us, and we'd be happy to do whatever we can for you. But we're going to close tonight uh, in prayer, and then uh, we'll go from there. So let's pray, and then we'll call it an evening. Father, thank you. Again, for your goodness to us, your faithfulness, Lord, your love for us. That you've encouraged us, God, over and over and over again. And Lord, help us to embrace this ministry. To be the people of encouragement. God, to, to break free from the hold of this grumpy world. And to know the hope. To hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. Because you promised and you're faithful. 
Help us, God, in these areas of our thinking that need to be so radically changed. Because we've, we've thought certain ways for so long that, that right thinking it almost seems impossible. But God, nothing is impossible with you. So Lord, renew and transform our minds. God, help us to to see the potential in people instead of just their problems. Or instead of the problems we think they'll cause us. Help us, God, to to really consider how to help other people, how to encourage them. Help us to, to step out of our self-focused worlds and lives and to start to see the bigger picture. Help us, God, to, to be an encouragement to the world that many people, many people would be drawn to you. We ask, God, that you would bring a renewal, a revival, a breakthrough to this area that, that hundreds and thousands of people here, God, would, would come to know you as their Lord and Savior. We pray for every church in this area where your word is preached. Ask that you would bless them abundantly with, with everything they need to fulfill the mission you've given them. Encourage them, Lord. We ask for your continued abundant blessing on us to, to fulfill the mission you've given us to advance your kingdom one person at a time. And we're grateful to be a part of your story here in this time and in this place. Help us, God, to become your ministers of encouragement here. We love you so much. If you need prayer before you go, I'd be happy to pray with you. Pray for your your healing, your your finances, your relationships, situations you might be in. If you don't know Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life, look, take care of that today. We we, we do that by by just getting before God in humility and with a step of faith that, that comes and says, you know, I don't have it all figured out and I've made mistakes, God. And, and, and I would ask that you would forgive me for those things and that, Jesus, that you would come into my life to be my Lord and my Savior. And if you've never prayed a prayer like that, do it today. If you need help praying it, I'd be happy to pray with you. So if you need prayer for anything, I'll pray for you tonight. If you're in a good spot and you're ready to go, may the Lord bless and keep you. May His face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. And go tonight in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for coming. We'll see you soon. God bless you guys.